All right, people, let's do this one last time. This is the way. Who am I? I am Iron Man. Romamu, I've come to bargain. We know each other. He's a friend from work. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Beware my power. Green Lantern's life. That is America's ass. Language. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. I am inevitable. Stop right there. I'm in. Welcome, everybody, back to the Flavor of the Geek podcast, where we talk about all things geek. My name is Matthew, this is episode 64, and I'm joined today, as always, by my brother, Stephen Reyes. How you doing today, Stephen? <sighs> I'll be a lot better once I'm not in Florida anymore, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that was a, I like that side, that was a good side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You were, you were winding up for that one, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh, that was just a lot of pent-up emotion in the last couple of weeks, oh, man. Freaking I Florida, bet. man. It's, it's not cool. Yep. Every, I feel like everyone that's moved down to Florida is like, nah, I want to move back. I don't want to do this. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying that I, that Rhode Island is, um, like a like so much better than all the other states. But like after you you grow up there, like you grow a lot of fondness there. The only thing that, well, like when we came, me and Emily came back last week for uh, the Fourth of July. The only thing mm-hmm. that I thought, wow, this is stupid, is the road work, which is always going to be a thing in Rhode Island because nothing ever makes sense about the road work in Rhode Island. But like everything mm-hmm. else I missed. I was like, oh, man, this I- my favorite ice cream spot is in Rhode Island. Oh, my favorite restaurants in Rhode Island. My favorite people in R- Rhode Island. Like It was amazing <laughs> seeing, like, doing all this stuff. But Florida, man, oh, my God, they suck so bad. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like the roads, yeah, they're paved all the time, but like yeah, good. That's At least the it. roads are good. That's it. Like <laughs> so, they have one benefit compared to Rhode Island. Like yeah, you get just one season all year round. So if you like just being in the the blistering heat all the time, yeah, that's, that, this is the place for you. Uh, it's full of bigots. Uh, so if that's it's that's who you are. It's also <laughs> there for you. It's a place for you. But like man, I just I cannot stand this place. Every day, mm-hmm. I find out a new fact about Florida, and it pisses me off. I'm like, bro, why do you gotta be like this? It's like that child that's that's screaming in the back the back seat of a minivan, and the mother's like, why do you gotta be this way? <laughs> and he keeps screaming. <laughs> it's like that. Like, like other the 49 yes. other states are like, Florida, why are you like this? And they're just they just keep doing it. They keep doing <laughs> dumb crap. Oh, yep. So yeah. <laughs> It'll be a lot better when I move. So good times. Yeah. 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 Now I think the last time we recorded was before we went to Disney. Is that does that sound about right? I That's, think so. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah, because we haven't recorded since we got back, so it's been a while. It's been quite some time. It's been quite a bit of time. But yeah, so because uh, yeah, had to be before we went to Disney because. I was in Disney when I watched the first episode of Secret Invasion, which we're about to talk about. Mm. But uh, yeah, so three episodes have come out, and we're going to talk about all three of them tonight. And yep, we're going to do that now. Is that okay? That's good. (laughs) That's good. Let's do it. So I'm going to just going to break down. I'm going to just nail down a couple of the um, like the key points of the episode of episode one. And then we'll kind of just talk about them a little bit. So, all right. So episode one was called Resurrection. This came out, I think it was like the 21st of June or something. But so starting with our good friend, Agent Ross, Martin Freeman from Black Panther is revealed to be a scroll. No word yet on if this means that the scrolls are just impersonating him or if he's been, if they, uh, if they have the man kidnapped and have replaced him. So it's possible either or, but after Talos chases the Ross scroll off the roof of a building, Nick Fury arrives back on Earth. Talos and Agent Hill, Kobe Smulders, proceed to rattle off a lot of information to, at us all at once, including the fact that Fury and Carol Danvers disappeared after the blip. Gravik, can, played by Kingsley uh, Benadire, is 
teased as our new villain. Gravik was allegedly rebuffed by Fury's abandonment after the blip. The blip. He also someone. He's also someone who preys on the collective rage of young displaced scrolls. Gravik is reportedly trying to uncover the location of Russia's unmarked nuclear storage facilities to threaten World War III. His primary aim to find a new home for his people. Fury, yes. Fury is suddenly kidnapped and brought to see Sonya, Olivia Coleman, an old M16 ally. Or MI6. MI6? MI6 ally. She tells him the new old Nick Fury is in no shape for the fight that lies before us. Gaia, played by Amelia Clark, uh, Talos' daughter, has joined a haven for scrolls that she dubs New Skrullos. She explains that it's a place where they can safely drink scroll wine and wear scroll skin, albeit still in her human disguise. Gravik looks Nick Fury in the eye as he detonates a massive bomb in the middle of the public square full of innocent people. He then takes on Fury's form and shoots Maria Hill, who dies at the scene. Okay, so, yes, so this series, right, so we've, me me and you have seen three episodes of this series so far, so we kind of have feel of the direction this, this show is going, at least we think we know, but this first episode, uh, we got the return of Nick Fury, the Nick Fury, not the, not Talos as Nick Fury, but the Nick Fury coming down from Sword from Saber, uh, which is the sta- station above Earth. And then, of course, the return of Maria Hill, which we haven't seen since Far From Home. But but it wasn't really her. It was so before yeah. that. So Far From Home wasn't really her. Then was before that it was um, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at, at the end of that is when they call for help. For right. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, so that was the last real time we saw her. So that was back in 2018. And yeah, so this this series is pretty intense so far, but it still has a lot to be desired. It's still leaving a lot to be desired because I, I, I want it to be more intense. Like I want it to not trust anyone. But as of right now, I'm like, okay, well, he's a scroll or she's a scroll. He's a scroll. She's a scroll. Okay, whatever. And there's no real stakes, it seems, because if they go about saying that Fury was a scroll this whole time, fucking bullshit. I'd call bullshit and a half on that. But maybe, yeah. It's well, just, that doesn't even make any sense because of how exactly. Captain Marvel it was. It, it did like he didn't exactly. Yeah. So. But I know that in episode three, there's a bit of something to talk about with Rhodey, but it's still not confirmed if he actually is or if he's just calling maybe he's working for graphic i don't fucking know well bro. you're talking about all but, this we haven't even read the descriptions for episode two i know or three <laughs> i know i know i know so that's why we're not talking about it yet we'll talk about this after but steven what were your thoughts on episode one of the series so episode one was interesting it, it wasn't as gravitating as i wanted it to be like it didn't pull me in right away and mm, make me think no oh yeah <laughs> Yes, <laughs> damn it. No, it didn't. It didn't pull me in right away, um, like I was hoping it would, because it just, like you said, it didn't feel like there were any stakes right then and there. But I was, I really was pissed off at the end of the episode, just because Maria Hill got the shaft in the MCU. Like she should have been mm-hmm. a more, um, <laughs> a more important character. I should have focused a little bit more on her yeah. because she was Nick Fury's sidekick for the most part for a good at least 10 years at least 10 years to 11 years you know so mm-hmm. it was bullshit I, I felt like it was complete bullshit it was a it was a I get that they, they, they had to create some stakes at the end because then Nick Fury all he's thinking right now is of course he wants to help save the world but right now he is seeking revenge he was seeking revenge right. against um against Gravik because of what he did you know, and mm-hmm. in this first episode, you start to see more of a divide between Talos and, and Fury because Talos is asking, where were you? And he was like, oh, well, I was up in space. You could have contacted me, all that crap like that. 
I might be jumping ahead of myself because I'm pretty sure that's in the second episode. But like the like when they first <laughs> interact with each other like, for the first time in the first episode, it was kind of like where the heck what, what happened? Like I haven't seen you in so long. Like all this crap and like the promise back in Captain Marvel was that Fury would protect their kind from anything bad happening and Captain Marvel would find him a home. And as of mm-hmm. episode one, 30 years later after this fucking promise, nothing has happened. I don't know what the hell happened with Captain right. Marvel. It makes no sense that she did not lead them to a fucking planet. Like she has the power of light speed. Like they could easily just find a planet for them to habitate on. They didn't do it. And now we jump into the second episode <laughs> because we'll, we're going to see how many people, how many scrolls there are on Earth as of right now, which is nuts. Yeah. I think think second, second episode is probably my favorite of the episode just because of the interactions between Fury and, and some of the other characters in it. So I yeah, so far this series has been for me has been I like it a lot because of the interactions that people are having with each other, like the serious conversations we're having. But I, yeah, I'm still on the fence on whether or not it's a good show. It's definitely a good show. It's just, it's not what I was expecting from the series, but you got to take what you can get. So yeah. did you want to go over episode two real quick? Yeah, but I'm going to, I'll say one thing first. It's just, just to go off what you said, yeah. I agree with you 100%. I think it's more of a competent TV show. Like it holds its own pretty well yeah but there's nothing too special about it yet like we haven't gotten that yeah you know like for me like like in 2021 we had we had um wandavision like that shit in every single episode because of the mystery it kept going and going and going and while Mm -hmm. i wasn't the biggest fan of the ending at first looking back at it now in hindsight i was like wow that was one of the best um mcu shows we've had so far and that was pretty damn good you know, and then we have <laughs> Loki, which was, was probably good. like after Hawkeye was probably my favorite was Loki. Um, like they had such great episodes tied into these things that made me hooked yeah. from the beginning because I was constantly curious. Ooh, what's happening here? What's happening there? Who's going to come out uh, on top? Like who's going to be most affected by the actions that are taking place in these in these uh, these shows? Like that's what I was so curious right. about all this shit. But right now, like the the biggest thing is, oh, who's a scroll, and oh, okay, uh, who's the bad guy? Who's on whose side? Like, yeah, cool. But at the moment, after after at least episode one, it didn't feel like they were that there was much at stake. Even after Maria Hill's death, that's my problem with it. Is I don't think there's much at stake because what it seems like they're going to do, and there are spoilers for later. But if one of these characters turns out to be a scroll then it's not that big of a deal because it probably just happened. Like, he probably was just taken, just became a scroll. So it doesn't do anything to the MCU, of overall overall MCU, unless he's kept a scroll, you know? Unless right. kept scrolls. But so far, they haven't introduced any of the other characters. Like, in the, first, in the second episode... Let me just read the second episode pretty quick, and that way we can uh, talk about it. Yeah. I need to talk about episode two. So, episode two was Promises... Promises starts in 1997, positioning its opening scene as a couple of years after the conclusion of Captain Marvel. The movie-aged Samuel, the de-aged Samuel Jackson returns as younger Nick Fury meets a young Gravik in Brixton, London. Gravik is introduced to the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. soon after the death of Gravik's parents, who were both killed in the scrolls last stand against the Kree. Despite his youth, Gravik is deemed a worthy candidate for a team of scrolls that Fury and Talos have formed for a mission. Fury says, The world is facing a serious threat and I could use your help. It would mean putting on a new face and keeping it. This is the promise while you work, this is the promise, while you work to keep my home safe, Carol Danvers and I will find you a new one. You keep your word and I'll keep mine. Talos reveals that the Earth's scroll population is far larger than Fury realized. Although the scrolls were previously scattered across the galaxy, there are now more. There are now a million scrolls walking among the humans on Earth. Fury doesn't handle this news very well. Gravik leads a rescue mission to save Brogan, the scroll who had 
has taken up the fall for bombing in Moscow when Gravik realizes that Brogan has failed to preserve their secrets while in captivity. Gravik wastes little time having him killed. All right. Gravik earns a promotion to general after he manipulates the Skrull Council into appointing him to a position that grants him total and unchecked power over the Skrull's forces. After appearing in a brief scene alongside the American president last week, Colonel James Rhodes returns to show off his new life as a politician, and he may want to get his old job back. Talos's daughter, Gaia, meanwhile, is conducting her own investigation into the machine as she continues to toe the line between participating in the rebellion and tearing it down from the inside. As she discovers, the device appears to be splicing together DNA samples from several MCU entities, Groot, Frost Beast from Thor The Dark World, Cole Obsidian, a member of Thanos' Black Order in Avengers Infinity War, and Extremis from Iron Man 3. Here we have the makings of the so-called Super Scrolls, whose history in the comics dates back to the 1960s. Instead of a death, this episode ends with the reveal that Fury secretly has a wife who also happens to be a scroll, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. Also known as Vara, Vera, I think. So, yeah, this was probably my favorite episode of the three so far, uh, just based on the interactions with with uh, Fury and Rhodey alone. Rhodey was in this episode quite a bit, and this Rhodey, he seemed a little off already because I think the only reason that why they're introducing him into the show is because I think they're gonna make him be a scroll. And took that, I'm already calling thing. it now, so I'm not going to be... Well, I'm not going to be surprised about it, but Stephen, go ahead. You get your thoughts out there. Okay. So I predict, spoiler alert, <laughs> that James Rhodes, Rhodey, yep. Rhodey Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, Rhodey, Rhodey Rhodes. was a scroll mm-hmm. all along. All along, All along. Oh shit! I if it was know. all along, that shit changes things. Yeah, but, buddy. but, 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 but. So the only thing I have to say is, when a scroll is knocked unconscious or killed, they turn to revert back to scroll form. When they're knocked out, so, I thought it was just when they were killed. Is it just when they're killed? Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure the I guy who was, got tortured, okay. got knocked out first, didn't he? <laughs> Probably you you might be right. So so then that just doesn't make any difference because I was gonna bring up Civil War when Rhodey crashes. But the okay, so the only thing that I have to say though about that is when he crashes, they're doing X-rays of him. Yeah. Right. So, so if he is a scroll, they probably realize based on his insides that he's probably something unhuman. Okay. But maybe I don't know if they can change their insides. I mean, they can change their outsides. Can they change their insides? Who knows? But they did x-rays on him, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll say is that 30 years has gone by, for the most part, or even to, at that point, it was like 25 or 24 years that had gone by since they had landed on Earth the first time. And while they weren't able to mm-hmm. um, replicate the memories of the people that they were, they were replicating, um, they were... They were still able to to fake some they fake the identity for for that that was it that was it that was it that was all I could do and they had super strength for the most part but who to say that they don't they didn't create some kind of machine beforehand that actually did give them these kind of memories that did give them the the uh, the perfect well, impersonation they did tactic. in 1995 in 1995 when they were interrogating Carol Danvers they had her upside down in the memory thing so. They did have it. No. I just don't think it, it worked the same way. No, no, I mean well, sorry. I know that existed that kind of that's that was my bad. I mean I meant to say like to create a machine that gives scrolls the ability to replicate every single part of a person. Not just their their skin, but everything. So they just get okay. like they get something put in them, and all of a sudden, after that point, they just have to they have to look at one person, 
and automatically they can shapeshift into that person and they also can carry on the memories of that person as well without having to probe oh, the person they just they unknowingly the other person is not even knowing that they can do this like they do all of that and their abilities so they can get their they can shapeshift into their form they get their abilities and they can get their memories as well now i know that that whole thing is a machine that's going on right now that is what is creating the super scrolls as far as like, like that ability thing, it replicates the, these abilities, which is pretty damn cool. I think, in my opinion, episode two, that was outside of the of the interrogation scene, and I think finding out that Fury had a uh, a wife. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really care. <laughs> I didn't really care about it because again, the stakes, really? the stakes didn't feel that high for me at that point. Um, but okay. finding out, like, I will say, I, finding out who were on the Scroll Council, like when when Gravik was meeting with them, like finding out who people, who these people were in society, like finding out that they were Scrolls, like one person being like a yep. kind of like a Fox News analyst. I uh, have another person who's a politician. Like you have all these people, all, like who have a lot of influence, sitting down as scrolls alongside Gravik to create this big plan. And I'm like, fuck, okay, did not see that coming from the, most of these people. And I was surprised Gravik let that one person walk away, um, because like he she could have known easily that that person was not gonna side with him and also was going to side with. Talos and give him this information so like <laughs> if you want to keep everything a secret and just go about your business because the scrolls could dominate the entire world in less than I want to say less than 24 hours because there's so many of them like and they can million? be that's crazy yeah and they hide in plain sight and you'll never see it coming you'll never see it coming because all they gotta do <laughs> all they gotta do is is replicate all the world leaders and say and tell all of their people to fucking launch nu their nuclear weapons at the same time. That's it. What the fuck are Talos and and uh, what what the hell's this game? What the, Talos and um, Fear are gonna do about that? Fury? Yeah, they they can't be everywhere at once. They can't be everywhere at once. They can't stop every nuclear weapon that, from happening. Like nuclear warfare could have been a thing like in the first episode if they wanted it to be, but they're taking their time with it. And I'm like, okay, why though? <laughs> Because you have the numbers on your side, <laughs> like you can easily just get this shit done. But they're taking it; they're yeah, doing it in small steps. And I'm like, a little longer than they need to. Yeah, but that's how I felt about that episode. How did you feel about the episode? I liked it. So they introduced the way to create super scrolls, which I um, once we talk about episode three, I have some theories on that. But yeah, so that so we got episode two. We got the um, fact that they're splicing dna of groot from the battle of infinity war in in uh, wakanda apparently we got the frost beast from thor love and thunder so if you think about it it's kind of similar to the fantastic four so groot he he stretches right he stretches the frost beast um the frost beast is of course the frost beast so he's kind of like a an icy guy wait ice man sense though Hold you think on. of the x-men so but no, so so extremis is fire. Groot can um stretch can extend out. Cole Obsidian would be the thing. Okay. And then I guess <laughs> the frost beast is just thrown in there. But so there is there really isn't a a uh, miss Mrs. Fantastic. But you know. Yeah. So but it, it's not, it's like similar power sets though to the Fantastic Four. And I thought that was really cool that Gaia was kind of spying on that. And then we get that information later. But the scene on the train was pretty cool with, with Talos and <laughs> Fury telling the story about his, uh, about his mom and my mama would tell, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And uh, 1 million scrolls though, dude, that's insane to me that they're, yeah, like you said, they can do whatever they wanted to. They could infiltrate anything they wanted to right now if the the scrolls were of course working together or maybe they're in higher up positions, who knows? Like 
that if they use this information in the last three episodes of this series, I'll be very, very happy. But yeah, it's just the show's frustrating to me that it's not the stake don't stakes aren't all there. But go ahead, Steven, what were we gonna say? Um Oh yeah. One one of the things keeping this uh show alive right now or two I should say two things are keeping um the show alive right now would be Talos and Fury. Like their banter back and mm-hmm. forth, I I really do appreciate. I love their dynamic. Um, the actors yeah. you have Samuel L. Jackson and um, what's his name? Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Ben Mendelsohn cool. and um, Samuel L. Jackson. I think they are they're holding their own in the show, and they're two of the better parts of the show. So I appreciate their banter mm-hmm. back and forth. And especially in the third episode, which we'll get to, like I think their banter in that one is really cool, is really good. But the um that the the monologue that Fury gives, the tell me what I don't know, that thing, something I don't know, mm-hmm. like that was that was really good. He has those moments in almost every single uh, MCU project that he works on. He has like that that monologue where he 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 tells you a story about his past, and then he gives you a piece of advice or asks you a question based on what he was just saying. I'm like, Oh shit. Yep. Okay. This is good. Yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, this episode ends with, uh, with fury finding out, well, not fury finding out he has a wife, us, the audience finding out that he has a wife. Now until the third episode, I, I was thinking maybe he doesn't know that she's a scroll, but it's obviously, it's evident that in the, third episode he knows that she's a scroll but at the very end of the episode he's driving through london or wherever the hell he is in england and he gets to a house he walks in the house we get a short little view of a scroll cutting cucumbers and then fury walks into the kitchen and she's now human in human skin and she says are you forgetting something he goes back out into the hallway grabs the ring puts it on in front of the camera and then they make out and <laughs> everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Fury does have a wife. So the line from Captain America, Winter Soldier, wasn't a throwaway line because he said, my wife kicked me out in, the, in that uh, movie. <laughs> it, was a, it was probably a joke at the time. It was a throwaway line, but he has a wife. <laughs> so he has a wife, um, previously known as Vera. Vera? Vera? Vara? I thought Whatever. it was Vara. It's one of those. Vara and but she's playing Priscilla human for, for uh, form so yeah they make out and that's when we find out that Fury is married yeah so what did you think about that uh, that we that Fury's married bro well I find it it that became more interesting not just because he was married because of who he was married to because uh, Priscilla or aka Vara. She was introduced to us in the beginning of the episode as a squirrel. She was the one that introduced Gravik to us, or to uh, right. Fury. So that makes me think there is more at stake here with Gravik. Like he has, he probably was like a foster son to Fury at one point, and nobody Maybe knew about it. That would make it more interesting. Exactly. So my my guess is that like, of course, he was he was a, he was a, he was mad at his own people for abandoning him. Or mad for Talos for not, you know, taking care of his people. But what if he was also mad for at Fury, because he was supposed to be like a he was like a father figure to him, and he was ta- he was supposed to be the one taking care of him, and things fell through, things fell apart. He didn't hold up his end of the bargain by taking care of the scrolls, you know. So like, that would make this these stakes even even higher at that point. It would make things. Yeah, it would make me absolutely. care a lot more about what's going on here because then there's more backstory that they're not telling you until later. Until later, which we're talking about right now. So yeah. we got episode three called "Betrayed." So the brief synopsis of this is that Gravik reveals to the Scroll Council that he intends to create super scrolls using the collected foreign DNA that he has sent rebels to infiltrate the Royal Navy. Wait, <laughs> yeah. So using the collected foreign DNA. And that he has sent rebels to infiltrate the Royal Navy in order to launch missiles at the United Nations aircraft. Gravik later meets with Talos to negotiate a parlay. But the discussion breaks down when the former threatens to kill Gaia. Gaia secretly sends Talos information about the attack while Fury meets with him 
and pleads to work together again. Fury contacts Fallsworth and learns that the name of the Naval Commander Command Headquarters officer is in charge. Commodore Robert Fairbanks. Fury and Talos arrive at the HQ and inter- interrogate Fairbanks, but the latter provokes Talos into killing him. Talos contacts Gaia, who acquires Fairbanks' authorization code, allowing them to sort to abort the launch in time. Gaia attempts to run away, but Gravik, who suspected her of betrayal, shoots her and leaves her for dead. Meanwhile, Priscilla secretly contacts an unknown person wishing to speak to Gravik, but he but is denied. Yeah, but the voice it's definitely we all know Rhodes. that freaking voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're talking to me. That that's freaking Rody, bro. Like that's there's no nothing you can say about it. That is Rody's voice. If it turns out to not be Rody's voice, I'm gonna be deeply uh, deeply angry about it. But uh for some for them picking a, a voice that sounds just like Rody. But so yeah, this episode I, I thought was a pretty interesting episode even though we know Gaia knew that Gravik was trying to suss her out you know yeah like he he knows this he so wasn't why? being he wasn't being why? subtle about it. like he he like no he wasn't he gave you hints that like he he suspected her like from the beginning exactly oh, and he sets her sh- up the- because in the car he calls somebody while she's the only one in the car with him she calls someone to set up this plan for the uh the uh, the Navy, right? Yeah. And she's the only one in the car with him. She writes it down and then hands off the information to Talos. So it's like, yeah, no shit. He's going to suspect her because it's pro- between him and probably two other people know about this. Maybe three other people know about this plan. So it's just like, it's crazy that she fell for it. <laughs> so, But she did save lives because the fact that if, a, if it's the submarine would have um torpedoed i guess the plane or the plane torpedoed the not torpedoed but you know bombed the freaking submarine i'm not sure which which i think it was the submarine was going to be bombing uh torpedoing the plane i'm guessing because it was a un plane so the thing is, is that they they probably wouldn't have been able to prove that it was a nation like a, a nation did it they probably wouldn't have gone to war right away it probably been questions asked like why did why did we do this what happened so that's there was some confusion in the episode, but what what did you think about it, Steven? Well, I don't think Guy is dead. It, it doesn't make any sense for her to be oh, dead at this right. point. Even though she turned back, she reverted back into her scroll form. So my guess is... But if you watch she, the trailers, she's in a bunch more She's a bunch more scenes yeah. that we have not seen yet. She's in, still... They shouldn't have showed that if they're going to freaking tease that she died because... She is in a bunch more of the the series because she we saw her in the trailer. Right. But God, what we get? What's your theory? No, no. I was, I was just gonna say that Gaia is not dead because like, yeah. I feel like. Did she take the extremis? Who knows? No, I don't think that she was given anything yet. I think the only people that were given the the super scroll stuff are the people on the council. That's, that's what I saw. I, ah, so I don't think that... Gotcha. So you don't think that when she was sneaking around, she did it herself <gasps> Ooh. to level the, Ooh. the playing field I mean, a little bit? Yeah, we didn't I, We didn't see her fully exit the building. That's interesting. Maybe she did take something. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, th- they're currently under yeah. that, uh, what do you call it, thing. So it's not like she can just take a pill or whatever and that's it. Like, the, those people in the council, they're in that machine right now being worked on. So that's how they're getting the super, right. the super scroll powers. Like, right. so I guess she couldn't have done that. It wouldn't make any sense. But for me, the most badass part was, um, Talos stabbing graphic on the hand. And he's like, you keep my daughter's name out of your oh, mouth. Yeah. Or I swear to God. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> that was fucking awesome. It really was. Um, yeah. Hearing, Rhodes voice at the end I'm like bro this makes me question some things like what are you doing are you a scroll right mm-hmm. now were you always a scroll is this a scroll impersonating you and you're just locked up somewhere I gotta know I wanna know I mean see I I really hope that he wasn't a scroll the whole time because of few things that happened in the MCU so we got the death of Iron Man right that scene with with Rhodey at the battle of Endgame that was a 
pretty serious scene. But also in Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, when Rhodey and uh, Sam Wilson are sharing like their thoughts on Black history, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like they're like, yeah, it's hard. So I feel like that would be hard for Disney to be like, well, it was actually a scroll. He had no, no idea what a, a black person in America goes through, you know? So it's, I feel like that'd be hard for Disney to be like, uh, my bad, my bad. Maybe. But yeah, you're probably right. I, I, I don't, I think, I think my theory is that if he is a scroll, which he probably is now, I think it happened very, very recently as recent as either before him and Fury's talk or right after Fury's talk with him. Cause I don't think it's been that long. I don't believe so. Or if anything, maybe it was after uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Maybe it was after Falcon and Winter Soldier. After that time, I'm not sure. That was like maybe a year before this, maybe a year or two. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah. So I'm sorry to interrupt with there. Um, what other favorite scenes did you have in this episode? Um. Hmm. Uh, it's there aren't too many. Oh, okay, yeah. The, I'm gonna say the last one for me was was uh, Fury and Talos in the car on the way to take down Robert. Uh, oh yeah, the dog. Yeah, to take down that bad guy. Um, yeah. and like Talos is just talking Robert to him. Fallsworth. He's talking to him about like what he's done for for Fury. It's like, oh, if you didn't have us, like you would not. Like you're a great guy, but you wouldn't be half the man you are today if it weren't for us. And oh, then, yeah. And then also, it's like, why have you stopped? He's like, cause we're here. It's like, get the heck out of <laughs> the car. Cause we're here. We're here. Get out of the car. <laughs> and then, of course, he gets captured. And he, yep. <laughs> of course, Talos gets captured. And he's like, I'm a strong person. I could do this on my own. To interrogate the guy, he's like, says the guy who just got knocked out. He's like, you're you're losing your way. And then he shoots the dude, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> They're both old. Yeah. They're both really old. Yeah. So, like, oh my, oh, my goodness. He basically just killed his own daughter, if that actually happens, and all the scenes that we've seen are just fake scenes, because they've done that before, where they've given us decoy scenes in trailers Ooh. just to throw us off the scent. So she could be yeah. dead. She could be dead. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he would But would've... you don't hire Amelia Clark just for three episodes and then kill her off. You could... She's. She, I think she's gonna be in the MCU for a good while. But continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're right. You don't do that. But it's Marvel. They could do if they wanted to. And if she is they dead, could. they can do it. Or if she, even if she's like seriously wounded, that's all on Talos at this point because he killed the dude and he asked her to do to to get the code for her and then run. So mm-hmm. like. Yeah, that's on you, dude. <laughs> but he's gonna probably seek revenge in the next episode if he finds her like that. If, if she finds out that she's either dead or just or hurt, whatever it is, like she's like he's gonna un unleash hell. But like the, yeah. those are my those are my scenes from the show. Yeah, I I really wonder how how they're going. If she didn't take the super soul scroll the uh, super scroll serum, I wonder how they're going to save her because. It seems like she's pretty badly injured, if not already dead. <laughs> and I don't know. I just don't know how they, they save her. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see in episode four because they'll definitely bring it up in episode four. But I think episode four is might might be like the episode to change the turns the tide, you know, because mm. it could be the episode. Well, I don't know anything for sure, but I'm pretty sure Talos is going to die, and I think it might happen within episode four or five. No, you think Talos um, is going to die that soon? I do, I do, I do. And just because in the trailers you can see um, Gaia hold, like, cradling a body, and you can't tell who it is, but it seems like she's in pain. So it's got to be either her mother or father there's also another theory out there dude that there's two furies in this in these this series that there's one that's going along with talos and there's another one that's doing other stuff <laughs> like because we keep seeing like we saw one with his wife right then we see one with talos and we see one um 
that was talking to road and we'd see one that's um talk that was at the like funeral i guess or the the body showing for maria hill i don't know there's a theory that there's two the- two furies in this series that they're going to eventually show us that yeah there's two furies the second fury being gaia's mother and talus's wife so there's a theory that she didn't actually die but that she's been the, a fake fury for a while. I'm not sure why she'd be a fake fury, but maybe to maybe they tried to kill her and the Talos was like it'd probably be best if they think you're dead. So uh, let's but the daughter, make you fury. Yeah, but <laughs> does the daughter know all this cuz if the daughter knows all this no. is happening then I don't think so. Okay, so she's out of out of the I don't, I don't think so she's out of the know, then yeah, that okay, that that can that has some, that could hold but, something. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's that's just a theory. So yeah, theory time, <laughs> theory time, theory time. That's yeah. right. But that's that's my only theory besides the fact that she may have taken a super scroll th- serum. She was just because she was in the lab again in the third ser- third episode. We just don't see what she does in there. We just see that she's kind of researching it, mm. but. Um, but you you are right that there are doctors in there that are constantly in there, so she may not have time to do that kind of thing, and just show up in the the thing and then turn it on by herself. I don't know if she's got the capability for that, but all right. Well, um, so ranking the three episodes together, one out of ten, ten being the highest, ranking them together, not per episode, but rent together. What would you rank them? Probably give it a six point five out of ten right now. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would probably agree with you there. I, so I think it is. It's a good series if it's like more of a standalone. But if if it's if it's a standalone series, it's good. However, because of the fact that Secret Invasion is such a big part of an MCU or a Marvel storyline for the overarching story and narrative of future of the mcu it seems like this if it, if it is more standalone they didn't do it right i don't know they may not have done it right but we'll see episode four five and six dropping at some point in the next few weeks mm. all right well so we i would say yes yeah, 6.5 perfect so we're gonna move on to geek topic number one okay because let's go So, we got Superman Legacy has found its Superman and Lois lane. This happened like a couple weeks ago, but obviously we weren't here. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's talk it up. So, we got the official casting of David Corinsweat as Clark Kent Superman and Rachel Brosnan as Lois in the upcoming Superman Legacy, which Gunn will write and direct himself. This will be Corin Sweat's uh, most significant role yet in his his career, but he worked with Ryan Murphy in both The Politician and and Hollywood before graduating to HBO Fair with David Simon's excellent limited series, We Own the City. Rachel Brosnan, of course, has won an Emmy for The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which just wrapped after uh, up after five seasons on Prime Video. The movie will begin filming next year and will be released in theaters on July 11th, 2025. This is just one of like four movies that's coming in 2025 that's going to probably break the theaters, like break every freaking record. Because uh, we got this and we got Batman 2 coming out in the same year. Uh, so what else is coming out? So this is 25, 25. So we got Fantastic Four is coming out that year. And we got Blade, whatever. But yeah, it's a pretty big year with comic book movies. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it. So Stephen, when you heard this news of the casting for Superman and Lois, what were your original thoughts? Honestly, I was really ha- I was really excited <laughs> about the casting because these are two actors who are making their way right now um, up the the chain, but they're not superstar actors at the moment. Like they're not. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, 
and like who am I thinking of uh, Jennifer Lawrence kind of caliber uh-huh. like actors and actresses up in Hollywood right now like they're making their way they're not right. as well known so this could be their big break and this could be what they're known for in the future oh my god it's Superman yep. oh my god it's Lois Lane when they're on the red carpet like walking down like that will be like their thing now I have never seen either of them in any project. I've never seen any of the projects they've, they've done. Based on their looks, though, they both have the looks to play the respective characters that they were cast in. I believe that David Cornsweat will be a perfect Clark Kent slash Superman. He has that look. He really does. Rachel Brosnahan, I think she looks like a Lois Lane. But one thing yeah. that <laughs> Emily was telling me, she was not happy about that casting because she's like, she's she considers Rachel Brosnahan to be more of a comedic actor, and she says I don't. She is. Yeah. So she's like, I don't want Lois Lane playing, being being played comedically. We it should. She's not that kind of person, and that's true. She's not that person in the comics, in the animated TV show, or in any of the adaptations she's done. Now, of course, it's James Gunn. He does like his humor. He likes dark humor. He likes making something dark and then turning <laughs> it into to, to, to brightness. That's the, the kind of thing he does. So he could make her that like uh, in a different way that we've never seen before. Like Because we, we've seen the standard Lois Lane in all these different adaptations of Superman. So maybe he wants to switch it up a little bit. I don't mind that. But there are people who are going to mind that because they're going to see something that they didn't see before and that they're not going to like it. Of course. That always happens. You'd have to take some risks. I am excited mm-hmm. that James Gunn is the one that's writing and directing this because he has a vision for what he wants to do with the new DC universe. And instead of just handing it over to another director, another writer, he's taking control, especially during the writer's strike. Like He's taking control to do it himself because he knows exactly what he wants to get this, to get the ball rolling. He knows exactly how he wants to send off the new DC universe for us. And Man of Steel was good, but as far as live action Supermans go, like there's a lot of work that can be done to build up to a better Superman movie than we've seen in the past. You know, like because mm-hmm. they can kind of be cheesy. They've been cheesy or they've been too dark. Like it, there's it, they've been both. But with like James Gunn at the helm, I am really excited about it because he 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 knows how to take things that might not not do well under somebody else's guidance, and he makes it work. It's crazy. Like the Suicide Squad, yeah. I thought like that was not gonna work. I was like, you the first one <laughs> bombed. It's it's gonna be bad. And then I heard, oh, James Gunn's the one working on it. Oh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see it. Uh, but you know, I don't have high expectations and I actually really liked that one. Now, granted some parts of the plot didn't make much sense, but you know, it was, it was still a very fun movie. You can turn your brain off for a little bit and still enjoy everything that was going on. Um, I'm always going to bring up a peacemaker because I think that's one of the best, um, live action superhero slash antihero, um, shows to date. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited for a season two if they decide to, you know, bring that out soon, <laughs> please. Um, but <laughs> like it's it whatever they are as actors and actresses, I think that James Gunn will, will help propel them in the right direction. He's not going to lead them astray. So him casting them, he sees their potential and he's going to build off because Dave Bautista, for example, in Guardians of the Galaxy Outside of Guardians of the Galaxy, he wasn't known really as that kind of an actor. He was making his way. like He was a, a wrestler before that for many years, and he stepped away from the wrestling scene to take on acting. And this was his first major role. That got him in, in the door. Um, what, what was it called? Bradley Cooper? I had only seen him in a couple of things um, prior to this. Now, he was, he was an A-list actor, and so was Zoe Zeldana. I won't give you that. Um, but this... It gave him more stardom, which is really cool. Now, of course, Vin Diesel, he's just going to get his paycheck for saying the same lines over and over again in different languages. You know, that's really cool. Um, But I think that with Chris Pratt, like outside of Parks and Rec, 
what is he really known for doing? Like this, this gave him his big, his big yeah, break. Right. Like James Gunn gave him his big break. Uh, so I believe that he's going to do the same thing for these characters. And I don't think it's going to be a flash level movie. I don't think it's going to be a, uh, original super suicide squad movie or a Batman v Superman, uh, movie. It's going to be better. I think that he will have the knowledge to do this justice. No pun intended. Justice. Yeah. Yep. So, no, I, I completely agree with you. Now, so the fact that James Gunn is writing this and directing it is is similar to if Kevin Feige were to have directed and written, wrote um, Iron Man 1. Like, it's the start of a universe, right? It's the start of a, a universe that may last 10, 15, 20 years. We don't know. It could, based on the, the direction that they have here. But also, these these actors, like you said, we don't know them from a lot of different things. But so Henry Cavill was 29 years old when uh, Man of Steel came out. So he was, he was younger, obviously, 28 when he was filming. And now this guy, Corn Sweat, is... Um, is uh, 29 years old right now, and he's turning 30. He'll probably turn be be 30 or 31 when the movie comes out. So, if he's Superman for 10, 15 years, he'll be like maybe 45 when when he finishes playing Superman. Uh, obviously, Henry Cavill's already in his 40s, so I think he's actually 40. He's 40 something right now. He would he would be probably like 55 or 60 when he was done playing uh, Superman, which is too old for Superman, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I, I love I love the casting. They look funny. I don't, honestly don't have a problem with there being more of a comedic role in a Lois character because we always we I feel like we always get a like real serious and version of Lois Lane, which is obviously what she is in the comics and every other movie and TV show we've seen. Mm. So. If we change it up a little bit, I don't have a problem with seeing a more comedic version of her. And I think that the direction that, um, not Kevin Foggy, that uh, James Gunn is going with this is that he's going to make a more lighthearted Superman. So this Superman movie is not going to be like Man of Steel where it's just stakes, 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 death, 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 death. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be more of a lighthearted movie. Uh, with maybe a uh, like a bad guy thrown in there to fight Superman because there's got to be, um, but I don't know. I I just I'm looking forward to the movie and it's gonna start filming next year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever they come up with in this. Um, did you have any other thoughts on this one? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, fine. We'll move on then. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So we got geek topic number two, which is kind of just a. A smorgasbord of news topics that I didn't put in the Discord to show you because I wanted to kind of surprise you with some stuff and sprinkle it in. It's not really, it's not like really a surprise. It's just, it's just cool, cool stuff. So, starting with Captain America: New World Order. Uh, Captain America: New World Order has wrapped filming at the end of June. It also reported that the movie will be will have the third most appearances of superhero characters and guests of honor in is superhero history. So more than Civil War, more than Avengers Age of Ultron, not more than Infinity War and Endgame, but it's more than Civil War. I don't understand this, but... And then it says, lastly, regarding this movie, Robert Downey Jr. was reportedly seen on set and driving all sorts of sports cars. It's uncertain if he is in the movie or just came to hang out with his friends. So... <laughs> yeah. So we got that, and then I'll move on to... Third one. So Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch has confirmed that he will return as Doctor Strange in an upcoming MCU film that's filming next year. The only movies or TV show movies that will be filming next year or coming out next year would be Thunderbolts, which comes out in December of 2024. Blade comes out in February of 2025. Fantastic Four comes out in May of 2025. So... I feel like realistically, it probably will be a Blade movie. Like I think Doctor Strange and Blade would probably work perfectly together, uh, being that they're it's kind of mystic, mystic arts, uh, dark dimension shit. Like I don't know. I think that Blade would probably make the most sense out of the three of these, 
um, that he's going to film in. And let's just go off. Let's just stay on those first two real quick. So, Stephen, what are your thoughts on those two? <laughs> I have a theory about the first one. Sorry, I have a theory about the first okay. one because I know because in the comics there is a moment where Captain America gets assassinated. Uh, so, based on what right. I'm hearing here, I have a prediction or a theory that Bucky is going to be assassinated in front of Sam in the beginning of this movie. And Whoa. yeah, that's intense. Yeah. And Bucky had a lot of enemies at the end. Uh, so like they don't know who did it and it's going to be an entire, if there's the third most, um, superheroes in a superhero movie compacted into this one film, it's going to go, it's going to be bonkers. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Yeah. Now, as far as the second thing goes, with Doctor Strange, I don't really want to see him with Blade because we haven't seen shit with Blade yet. So I don't want that to be the first thing that we see him with. Just because I don't f- think it makes any sense. I really don't. Blade's main thing. I don't thing think he's going to be in that is, long, though. I think it's going to be more like a Thor Love and Thunder. Not Thor, Thor Ragnarok, where he shows up for a second to be like, uh, what are you doing here? Why are you on Earth? And I think it's going to be something like that where he's like, I oh, got to be careful with that. Be careful with this. Don't do that kind of magic, or don't, don't hang out with the 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 black swordman. What the hell's his name? The black sword guy. Whatever. Doesn't remember. matter. Continue. No, no, I was just gonna say, of all the kind of characters that we could see him interacting with, why would like we we saw him interact with Thor? It made more sense because he cared more about Thor. And anyway, so his banter with Chris Hemsworth was was hysterical, but we haven't seen yeah. Blade yet, and. While I love the actor, I don't care about the film right now. I don't give a shit about the project because they're not giving us enough to, to, to care. It keeps getting delayed. I don't fucking care anymore. I really don't. So, Mm-mm. I mean, it would probably be a smart idea to, to to have Doctor Strange in there because it would make us care more. Give us more reason to see the damn thing. But just, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want that to be the movie that, that, that he appears in because I don't think it, it makes any sense. I really don't. All right. Well, so we got a few more here. We got Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda 616 will reportedly be teased in Agatha Coven of Chaos. Wanda 838 will have an appearance. There's also a thought that uh, when Wanda from 616 died, her consciousness got transferred into the Wanda from 838, and that's how they're going to save her and have her come back as the one we know and love, kind of. Uh, and then we got Deadpool 3 will reportedly be the first ever film to feature multiple Marvel characters that were previously owned by 20th Century Fox. I was just and I was just thinking that because um, What's-Her-Face is coming back as Elektra, which I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, Jennifer Gardner, that's Jennifer part Gardner. of it too. Yeah. yeah, Jennifer Gardner is coming back as Elektra. Ben Affleck is rumored to be making an appearance as Daredevil in Deadpool 3. And Channing Tatum has filmed a cameo scene as Gambit for Deadpool 3, as well as in one of the set photos, you can see in the back seat, there's a stunt double for what seems to be, um, Miss, Miss, not Mephisto, no, <laughs> sorry, the fuck's his name, who's the metal guy, Mysterio, not Mysterio, the metal guy, oh, Coloss- Colossus, no, 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 who controls metal, not, oh, Magneto, not Professor X, My but bad. Magneto, Magneto, My yeah, <laughs> so Magneto, there's a, seems like there's like a stump double in there so i think magneto is going to be in this movie i think this is going to be a fucking crazy ass movie dude and of course we're going to see two versions we're going to see two versions of wolverine and apparently multiple versions of deadpool so very interesting very interesting what are, you, what are your thoughts on these two these are the last two by the way yeah um i'm gonna jump to deadpool first and then go back to the other one um but deadpool I'm nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I want to be happy and excited for for Deadpool three, but there are so many random characters being thrown in here, and with Deadpool becoming a part of the MCU, I'm curious if if they're just throwing all these characters in for the fuck of it because they're saying, hey, they're not. It, there's no real stakes here because they're gonna be gone. It's not. They're not a part of the new universe that's coming through. So it, it feels like it's gonna be a lot of po- like pointing jabs at 20th century Fox for, you know, the characters that they created that are no longer going to be a part of, or like that universe's character is not going to be a part of the uh, MCU. So, but as far as Elizabeth Olsen reprising a role, I'm excited for that. 
uh, because she was the best part of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Um, she is an amazing actress, and her character has so much growth still to be to be discovered. And I mean, I I, I would love to see her <laughs> um, reincarnated, I guess, into eight three eight. Um, yes, eight 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 three eight eight three eight eight three eight. Um, Wanda. That'd be cool, and she can come back, uh, and kind of, I guess, make up atone for what she has done uh, on Earth. But um, I would love to see her in Agatha. I'm not sure in what capacity because I I want Agatha to have this the spotlight for the majority of her own projects. But her show, of course, her own project. Yeah, her own show. Um, but it's just. It would be nice to see her. It really wouldn't be nice to see her. And I, I know we saw her in what it feels like like a year and a half at this point. I think it was like March of 2022 or May of 2022. Yeah, it was May of 2022. May of 2022. Strange came out. Yeah, yep. it feels like way too long uh, since we've seen her in the MCU. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I am. Yeah, we definitely need her back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about both of those those pieces of news. I am more weary about Deadpool three now, just because I feel like it. I don't want it to turn into a Thor Love and Thunder as far as the goofiness goes. Like I want there to be some relevance to the movie itself, and I don't want it to just be like a scrap of like I don't want it to be a collage of characters just randomly like thrown onto a, a board. It's like oh okay, I'm gonna put this character in it. Roll the dice again. Uh, okay, this character. Roll the dice again. This oh this is a character. Like it's, it feels very random. Yeah. For no reason, but I guess... Apparently, it's supposed to be like a love letter to the fans of the Fox universe because it's like actually going to give them a, a good send-off instead of leaving them in limbo. Will it, though? Because um, we got a good send-off from Fessor X and from Logan, but they're fucking bringing them back for another one, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That part makes me a little pissed about... Like I I'm, I love to see Wolverine again, of course, with Hugh Jackman and, and Patrick Stewart as uh, Fessor X, but... Oh, they had such a great send off, and mm-hmm. I just don't want it to be tarnished by this movie. And yep. I will say, I will say that um, Magneto and like Storm and Daredevil and Elektra, like all these characters that they're throwing in there, I like they didn't really get the best send off. So I get that. I just don't know how they would make a good send off. I'm like I'm I'm confused a little bit. Like, how relevant are they going to be to the story? Like, that needs to be told. <laughs> and I, I don't even know what That's story true. they're trying to tell. Yeah, I, I don't know either. It's probably like a multiver- multiversal, crazy, fuckfest saga. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Once we, once, because that one just, I think, just wrapped filming or it's about to wrap filming too. So I'm sure we'll see a trailer within the next six months, I would say. I don't know. Seven months, eight months, ten months. Who knows? By Christmas time. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, that was it, Steven. That was that was it. That was it. So uh was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh nothing as far as geek related content goes, but I did have a bit of advertisement I wanted to uh display ab- among the group, you know. Uh it was about okay. uh the flavor of the geek podcast, uh and where you can find us. <laughs> so okay. strap in everybody. Oh, okay, everybody. You know where you can find us today? You can find <laughs> us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. That's where you can find all the podcast episodes that we post whenever we do one. You can also find us on <laughs> Flavor of the Geek Pod at gmail.com. That is the email address that you can email us things that are mainly geek related we will look at them and if we think it is appropriate we will bring it up on the next episode of the podcast you know where else you can find us you can find us on tiktok where we advertise as i'm doing now advertise our brand the flavor of the geek podcast and we also have a flavor of the geek instagram account where we post all different kinds of updates between star wars dc mm-hmm. marvel and geek related gaming stuff you know everything we talk about that stuff we post it on instagram for all of your viewing pleasure well that is where you can find yeah. us guys but you know where you can't find us in florida having where? a good time 
Don't. But you're in Florida, but it's not having a good time. Yeah. Okay. That's where you can't find us. <laughs> All right. Well, that has been this episode. That has been this episode of the Flavor of the Geek Podcast. Where we talk about all things geek. And remember, my name is Matthew. My name is Steven. And we love you 3,000. Yeah, boy. Boing.